We're going to begin reading tonight. Uh, let's pick up, let's just get in verse 4, and we're going to read to about verse 10, I think. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says in vain that the spirit dwells in us lust to envy? Let me read that again. That the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy. But he gives more grace. Man, they say that all over Africa when you've got a challenge to come up. When you've got, when you're building churches, when you're trying to get something done, they will, if you say anything about it, they will say more grace to you says he gives more grace we've talked about grace before what the, in, in the in the context of what he's saying here grace is very y'all know unmerited favor but you also know because i've told you many times is grace has a power to it grace is the power of god operating in you to do it through you what you can't do through yourself that's why we're saved by grace not of works because you can't do it but he can but he says he gives more grace. I'm thankful that he gives more grace. But he gives more grace, wherefore he says, God resists the proud. But gives grace to the humble. Now we're not going to park here very long tonight, but I want you to read that again. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Now, what is that? That grace that we just talked about. He, if, you, if you rise up in pride, how many of you know that pride is the original problem? Pride was the original problem before man's original problem. You don't even know what I'm talking about. There was a fall before there was a fall. Remember, I mentioned that every once in a while. You know, Jesus said about of, of Lucifer, of Satan, he said, I saw you fall like lightning. That was before Genesis 1 and 1. Do you know that? That was before the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and born, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, and all that stuff. That was before that. I saw you fall like lightning. And what was the problem with Satan? Pride. What did he say? I will ascend into the heavens. I will be as God. Remember? That didn't go over well. See, God, I, I want to demonstrate something to you. I'm, I'm using Lucifer as the example. It didn't go over well. God resists the proud. When God resisted Satan, Jesus said, I saw you fall like lightning. That was a cataclysmic fall. Oh, I could mess with some theology and upset some apple carts and everything else, but I could tell you that, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And I could tell you God did not create this earth that way. Now, you heard, you, heard, you heard the man of God last, I believe it was last night when he got in Genesis 1 and 1, and he talked about that God stepped out onto nothing, well, he stepped out and, and, and spoke light when there was no light. That's true. 
He said that the earth was in perpetual darkness. Water from the, from the, from the earth's surface to the, through the galaxies. But I got a question. Where did that come from? Where did that dark earth, that the water went from the surface of the earth to the galaxies? And when God said, let there be light, and, and, the, and the light of the world came into the situation. But where did that earth that was in chaos, that which says that the darkness, and, and, the, and darkness covered the face of the deep. It, it literally translates from Hebrew to English, the, the word is chaos. The word, it says the earth was without form and void. It meant that it was in chaos. And I know, uh, boy, I know that God's not the author of confusion, so he didn't create it that way. Hello? Don't need to park here long. So how did it get that way? Because I'm going to tell you, there was a fall before there was a fall. There was a creation on this earth before there was a creation that we stand on today. Boy, that upsets some people. But we can walk you through the Word and we can prove it. That there was a creation before this creation. Well, and somebody said to me one time, well, that means that there was death before Adam. I said, there was death before Adam. Well, the Adam well, the, but they died spiritually and they were the first death. They were the first death of, of, the, of Adam's race. They were the first death of this creation. What happened before Genesis 1 and 2 has nothing to do with this creation or the plan of salvation. Has everything to do with the angelic world. Has everything to do with Satan, Lucifer, what would have been his name at the time. Lucifer, the angel of light, the star of the morning. It would have had everything to do with his rebellion against God. And a third of the angelic hosts kept throwing in their lot with Lucifer. It was a cataclysmic event. Now, uh, I didn't really mean to, it's, it's, I do it too. I, as a matter of fact, I learned rabbit trails. If y'all want to know something that's very, very true, not because he was here, not, if you want to know something that's absolutely true, Dean Caldwell taught me about rabbit trails and chasing rabbits. He did, long time ago. So, see, there was a creation before the creation, and there was a, and, and the angelic host, the third fell, and and even some of those fell even further, according to Jude. And you will find out that that it was a totally different world, a totally different creation, created for a different purpose. And that is why, stay with me for just a minute, it's all about God resists the proud. You have to understand that God didn't redeem the angels. They were created for a completely different reason, for a completely different purpose. There were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and legions and millions of angels that fell with Lucifer. That they're just, that was their lot. Some of those are already locked in everlasting chains, according to Jude. When you stand up against God, 
See, the, the creation is different. This is, this is, this is a, this is a, I ain't going to go there. This is a totally different creation. This is, this is, this creation was created with the purpose of a fellowship. The angels were created for service and for worship. Man was created for fellowship. It says that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. That even after he fell, he came looking for him. And immediately offered a, a way back to him. God resists the proud. What is that? I, I told you all of that literally for you to understand something that is a misguided. Because the church world, as you know, we have a we we are largely have, and I don't mean necessarily every person, but I'm talking about the church world at large has a really big misconception about who God is and how He operates. Because everybody thinks God's for everybody. Now, God's for, for, you, for making you, everybody a way. And the way has been made for everyone. Oh, we're, already, we're, already, we're already in a little bit thick grass. The way has been made for everyone. But the way must be accepted. I preached several months ago that love was not the issue. Being, that, that the love of God was not the issue. It was God's love. God commended his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love has never been the issue. God's love for us is not the issue. I believe Dean even brought it up this week. It says it's not about God's love for us. It's as if, it's if we love him. And so we got this idea that, that, that everybody's God's child. And that God and that God's and that God is working for everybody. God does not, but you need to understand God's not working for anybody. But God's made a way for everybody. But if you but if you see what what does God resist the proud? One of the ways that, that pride rises up. One of the main ways that pride rises up that causes God to resist the proud is whenever He has because He's created a creation that He loves. By the way, go find, if you want to verify some of this, I'm telling you, go try to find in the Word of God where it says anything about Him loving the angels. Wasn't what it was about. But He loves us. So much that He was willing, you've heard me say it last week even, before there was an earth to walk on. Before he ever formed, before he formed it, before the fall that was before the fall. He said before the foundations of the earth that, that the lamb was slain. There was a lamb that slain before the foundations of the earth. He had a plan. For there was a man to fall, an earth to fall. God had a plan. There was a slain lamb. The best he had. The living word. And he's offered it for everyone. And then you, re you reject that when you reject the way back. That is the ultimate pride. 
that God resists. Because what it says is, I don't need you. What it says is, well, we say it this way now, I'm good. You ain't good. Oh, I've heard of many, I've heard of many a man that I've known in my life that would say something dumb like this. Well, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. And you put yourself in opposition to God. And it says he resists that. Well, I, I, I'm going to move on. I, that, I'm just laying the foundation of where we're going next. But I, I want us to understand. He has just told you that to be friendship, have friendship with the world is enmity with God. It means you have made yourself the enemy of God. Now, I want to tell you something. I probably got enemies somewhere in this world. What are you laughing at? Anybody ever had an enemy? Not Whitney. I can see that about you. If everybody come about me, Whitney, I'd say, oh, no, everybody loves Whitney. Can't imagine that any... Now, I'm not trying to make enemies, but they happen. They're not always up to you. And there's people I don't really, I say, I don't want her to be my enemy. I got enough bruises with her claiming she loves me. <laughs> Just say amen. <laughs> What am I saying here? I don't want to be God's enemy. If I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm not going to be God's enemy. It says, to be, it says the friendship with the world is, is enmity with God. He says that, he, that you can put yourself in a place where God, if, if God is your enemy, how many know he's against you? It's shocking, I think, in today's world that we even have the thought that God is against some people. It goes against everything that the media has ever told you. It goes through most things that the church has ever told you. But it's perfectly in line with what the Word says. The friendship, you can't, it's impossible. You can't be friends with the world and friends with God. And actually what he is telling you, he, what he is describing, can I help you with something? What he is describing to you is what pride is that he resists. The idea that I can have my cake and eat it too, so to speak. Oh, I, I'm going backwards instead of forwards. I thought I was going forward tonight from verse 4, but I'm going backwards. I'm still in it. He said, he's, he is literally telling you that whenever you, it says friendship with the world is, 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 the, is at enmity with God. It means you've set yourself against him. And he says, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. But before he said that, he said, you adulterers and you adulteresses. 
What is he addressing? He is literally telling you, you cannot have it both ways. He is telling you what it means to be friends with the world. He is telling you what it means to make God your enemy. He is telling you, you can't have salvation. You can't have the things of God and still have your old life at the same way, at the same time. It is impossible. We have to forsake the world. Now let me preach to Jr. If y'all don't like it, I'll preach to me because y'all don't mind when I preach to me. Because, but there are things that has to go. We still, they, now, now anything that brings you to holiness, now anything that brings you to a place of getting lined up with the Word, nowadays anything that brings you to a place that says that God has a standard is immediately cry, met with a cry of legalism. Being sold out to the things of God is not legalism. Not only is it not legalism, it's commanded. Somebody hear me. I can't go to places I used to go, do the things I used to do, say the things I used to say. There should be something that rises up in me and that something is the spirit and power of the living God that has came into you, that has transformed you and put you into Christ. It's the spirit of truth. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. It says he baptizes you into Christ. He puts you in a new position. You're in Christ. And when, you, when the Spirit of God is in you, it will, he will, it will stand up against the things that will destroy you. It will bear witness to your heart that you can't do that anymore. I'm not talking about because the preacher said so. And I'm not talking about things that are not in the Bible. I'm not talking about how long your sleeves are. Or if you got a beard or not. Or how long your hair is, if you wear war paint or you don't wear war paint. I, mean, I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say cosmetics. Stay with me. I say things in a way we get it. Because you know what? You can't put any Bible on that. Now I know people try to put some Bible on that. But when you try to put some Bible on that, you find out that it was out of context, and it was situational, it wasn't doctrinal. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the things that the Bible speaks to. You can't be friends with the world. Now I'm getting a little tired of y'all being quiet on Wednesday night. Oh, I forgot you're tired. We've discussed that up front. So I've got to give you a break tonight. Not much of one. Do you realize what he's really, he really is telling you? That you adulterers, you adulteresses. No, you're not. The friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That, see, the God of the Bible sounds nothing like the God of social media. 
The God of the Word sounds nothing like the, like the God of the liberal theologian. Now, I didn't say the Democrat. That's not the same thing. Because we use things like liberal theologian and conservative, and they think that means Republican and Democrat, and they really have nothing to do with that. Although if they get thrown in some of those categories, it just happens. I'm talking about if you're against God. Can I give you some real simple definitions that will help somebody from not having a stroke right now when I say things like that? Because see, legalism, you know, y'all ever heard of legalism? I, I, I lived back when they had real legalism. I, 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 you know, I, one time I smiled when I was a kid and I was worried all night I'd miss the rapture. Anybody remember when it was like that? Now that's not much of an exaggeration. Some of us remember. And you know what I even say about that? Because that's legalism. It's legalism, it is. You know what I want to say about that? Because I also know that the power of God used to fall in those people's churches. Man, they were legalistic as the day was long. They really were. That's not, that's not, let's just be real. They were. But you know what? They were legalistic for all the right reasons. Now stop it. Am I glad we've got past some of that junk? I'm glad we've got past some of that junk. Some of y'all look better because we got past some of that junk. I just got in trouble again, Scott. It was bad during the COVID pandemic. Some people look, mask wasn't a bad thing. It gave, it, some people, at even the playing field, gave them a shot at finding somebody. I not said that, but I did. Am I in trouble? Mm. Y'all pray for me. I am glad we're past some of that stuff. I really, I really, I really. Yeah, that's what happens when the pen, you know, there's, there's some law, was it, it's Newton, right? Had all the laws of motion. Because we know that even in the spiritual world, things in motion tend to stay in motion. And see what happened when that pendulum began to swing all the way from over here in legalism world, it went all and hung out here in liberalism world. And guess what? There's a ditch on both sides of the road. And I got news for you, because we get all upset about some of this crazy stuff that we're going for today, but you know what? One's just as wrong as the other, if you want to know. But let me tell you something about when I was talking about the old-timers. Their desire and their legalism was to be close to God. They were off base, but their desire was to be... See, God, see, what you, what you desire matters. But I didn't mean to get into that. Do you know what you desire matters? What you want, well, God calls those things matters of the heart. Things you desire, things that, things, things that, you, things that you crave, things that you, the, the King James word would be that you lust after. He told us, Jesus said things like, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What's your treasure? The things you care about. Where, that, that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
So, see, your, see, your desires of your heart matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'll tell you another place that tells us about the word, because the, the word declares that the desires of our heart matters. It says that the word of God is living and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder the joints and the marrow, the soul and the spirit. Yes? Then the word of God is, it says, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. See, the matters of the heart matter. Your desires matter. Interesting. See, their, their heart was towards God. So God honored it. Then that pendulum, Lori said, swung all the way the other way. I, I was about to tell you what the difference between legalism and liberalism was. Real simple definition. Theologians won't like it, but it's real accurate. We'll like it. People like us can understand. Right. See, I just brought you down to me. <laughs> you, you see what just happened? I just, I just, all you people that are smarter than me, I said that the people like us can understand it. I just brought you down to me. Yeah? See, uh, legalism is, is really, real simply, it's just adding things to the Word of God. That's what it is. It's just saying things and, and, and acting and, and, and laying it like God said it, and God expects it when God never said it and God didn't expect it. Yeah? You know what liberalism is? It's, it's just the opposite. We're living in a liberalistic time of the church world. It is taking the things that God has said and dismissing them. The things that God said and going as on as if he no longer desired it. That he's changed his mind. That it's not even in there. That, oh, this is 2022. Times have changed. That's liberalism. Theologically. And that's what puts people at friendship with the world. Oh, I say hot button things. Just I, everyone, yeah, now y'all, most of y'all been around long enough to know. Every once in a while, just for fun, just for sport, I just throw a bomb. <laughs> y'all figured that out? Yeah, and I and it ain't even a new bomb. I've thrown this one before. It's just hand grenade. Pull the pin. And so we're used, kind of used to it going to blow up, but if it, some people catch it, man, it sets them up and throws them into, just throws them, the hairs on fire, you know, they rend their garments and throw dust in the air and, you know. Because, see, talking about friendship with the world is enmity with God. Yeah? Liberalism, just think the word says that we don't want to accept anymore, so we call it legalism. Yeah, that's, that's kind of gaslighting when you think about it. But, but, what it, but what is really happening is, well, you get in this word of God. See, see that living by the word is not legalism. And what I wanted you to know, throw a little hand grenade real quick, is see the Bible, the, uh, the word of God will never, will never, Never, the Word of God will never produce a liberal Christian. Liberal churches do that. That's true. That just lights some people up. 
But you know what it is? It's true. Now, I want you all to know, I'm really not talking in terms of partisan politics. I want you to know that. That's one of the things, that's, that's one of the things of this world that we really got to get over. Because see, the world's not struggling over, right, over, over, over politics. The world is struggling over what's true. The world's not struggling over politics. The world is struggling over what's right and wrong. That's what the church is, that's what we're fighting about. We're not fighting about left and right. We're not, we're not, we're not struggling over, over Republican and Democrat. We're struggling over truth and lies. What's right and what's wrong. That's what we're struggling over. And when we're embracing, we cannot embrace what's, I'm not going to even get to where I, I'm not even going to get past what I got last week. We're, 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 we cannot give in to the world and put ourselves in opposition with God. If there's one thing I don't want to be opposed to, that's God. I do not want to put myself in opposition to the living God. Now, how foolish could you possibly be? That means we can't embrace the, the, the things of the world no matter how high the pressure gets. The pressure's high. The, the pressure is tremendously high. Can I... You just say yes or no, and I'm not kidding. Can, can, I, can I throw something out there about... People who are around this church, young, young people that are around this church that might surprise some people. I won't name names or even ages about sexuality. Can I do that? Is that a privilege? I don't think so. Because, I mean, y'all want to talk about California and New York and Austin. We know all the crazies in Texas are in Austin. Well, and El Paso. Would it surprise you? Now, I'm hesitant. I really am a little hesitant because this is, I'm, I'm throwing a bomb again. And then parents and grandparents and stuff, it may make your belly hurt. But we'll talk about it more later. I, I just want to ask you a question. Would it surprise you to know that of a certain class and a certain, it could have been in the school, it could have been a Sunday school class, it could have been both, it could have been neither, it could, but it's one or the other. And I ain't going to tell you how old they were. I'm just, uh, that's why I, I'm doing that for a reason. Would it surprise you to know if we, if we ask maybe a group of eight girls that's around this campus about, about if same-sex attractions, homosexuality, lesbianism, whatever you want to call it, was okay? Would it surprise you that only two of the six or eight said it was wrong? I thought it might. You got quiet. It got quiet. Would that surprise you? See, that's not Austin. That's not Baton Rouge or L.A. or New York. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. What does the proud do? I'm still in James chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. I really am. 
Because what does the proud do? The proud will read what this book says and they'll say, well, they might say, yeah, but. Or they might say, that's pride. You want to talk about the kind of proud? Isn't it amazing that the very group of people we're talking about, their mantra is pride. Now, I'm not even delving off into that. I plan on going, I plan on going there in a big way soon. But I'm not going there in a big way tonight. I'm talking about what James is saying. And God resists that. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm just going to scratch around a little bit tonight and get you to try to get you to thinking. Because I'm going to tell you what's happening, what you're seeing happening in America and around the world right now as we speak. What you're, what you're witnessing in the headlines, what you're witnessing among, among the 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 media and what you're seeing going on all over the world, you are actively seeing God resist the proud. Amen. I, I see people looking at me. You can see it, by the way. I was so thankful for Dean the other night. He said, you can see it. You can feel it. You can even know where it's coming from. What are you talking about? Y'all might... Scott, it's 8.04. We have, Scott and I have an understanding that I do it all the time. Get into trouble about five minutes after eight. Do what? Sometimes I do it before. I'll just go ahead and say a few things just as a headline that I'm not going to have time to flesh out tonight. You understand that? Is that all right? Can I throw some headlines out there? I'm not talking about from CNN. I'm talking about from the Word. I'm just going to throw some headlines out there. You might have to pray and you might have to read. You might have to study. You may have to get before God. You may have to shut yourself in. Yeah? I'm going to tell you right now, America and the world is under judgment right now. Period. It's not coming. It's not coming. It's not coming. It's not coming. Judgment's not coming. We're not talking about wrath here. I'm not going to be here for wrath and neither are you. Well, if you're saved, you're not. Judgment's not coming. Judgment is here. And I'm going to tell you why that is. Because God resists the proud. The church at Laodicea, remember them? In Revelation chapter 3. He, said, he, he, he told them, he said, I have something against you. Remember? In fact, five of the seven churches, Jesus said, I have something against you. Right. If, you're, if he has something against you, what, uh, that means he's against you. Right. Am I wrong? Am I just too simple? If Jesus says, I have somewhat against you, does that not mean he's against you? Does that not mean he's, he's putting up a resistance? I'm asking. Uh, the, it's really kind of funny preaching behind the man that taught you so much. Because he told you that they're not the church of, Revela of the Re Revelation 2 and 3 were literal churches in Asia at the time. They addressed literal problems, but they were not only, but they were not, they not only spoke to the literal churches at the time, they spoke to the dispensations. 
in Laodicea, which is where we would be now, he says, you say you are rich and increased in goods and in need of nothing. Yes? Oh, turn there. We got time. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 14, the last church he addresses, hello, do you hear that, hello, chapter 3, Revelation 3, 14 says, to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these things says the amen, amen's capitalized there, it's, it's talking about Jesus. The amen. You know, he's the, the author and the finisher. Amen. The so be it. Hello? The amen. This to the churches of the Laodiceans, right, says the amen. The faithful and the true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. Oh. I know your works. That you're neither hot nor cold. I would that you were hot or cold. So then because you are lukewarm, neither hot, cold, nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Now I want you to know something. This is because they were a mixture of hot and cold. See, they, were neither, they neither had enough fire to burn out the dross because God's a consuming fire and they, never, they, they, wouldn't, they didn't have enough and they didn't have enough uh, peace to be refreshing. They were cold. It was neither, they, were neither, they were neither refreshing or on fire. They were a mixture. See, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Y'all understand? Y'all hear me? They're a mixture. He said, I want you to be one or the other. Hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. Now, I don't know if that, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not a scholar, but I, can, I, I don't, can't imagine any scenario where God's wanting, to, wanting me making him want to vomit is a good thing. Hello? Because, he said, now why did he say, he said, because, he said, y'all rather you be hot or cold, but you're neither and said, if you're going to be lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And then he said, there's a really interesting word there. See, this Bible's really not that hard. It says, because. Now, what's because mean? If, I, if, I say, if you ask me a question and I say, because, well, I'm giving you the reason, right? 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 Because you say, I am rich and increased the goods and have need of nothing. And know not, he's talking to the church, you hear me? Know not that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Think that, and naked is an interesting word there. 
Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, I hadn't looked it up, but I'm pretty right. Because I think it's interesting that he finished with your naked. Because I can remember the first thing that happened after the fall. It says their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed for themselves aprons out of fig leaves. And God came down and went looking for them. Where are you? Well, we were afraid. Why were you afraid? Well, we were naked. You know what God said? Who told you that? He said, don't you know that you're poor, you're blind, you're wretched, you're naked? What, what, what was missing that made them naked? It was the glory and the righteousness of God that was missing that made them naked. And what's the church at Laodicea missing? He's missing, they're missing the glory and the righteousness of God. They're naked. Hello? He didn't throw them out. He says, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich with white raiment. What's that white raiment about? Had a preacher tell you about white raiment earlier. That, oh, there's the righteousness again. So you know what that means about me talking about them being naked? Before I'd even looked it up, you know, what it tell, you know what it says? It means I'm right. That the church at Laodicea had lost their righteous covering. He says, I, I counsel you to buy me gold tried in the fire in the white raiment that you should be clothed. What's that right raiment? That's the righteousness of God. I'm, he says, I'm counseling you to come back to what's true. I'm, come, I'm, I'm counseling you to come back to the one that's been tried and true. I'm counseling you to get, a, to, to get of me white raiment. It's the only place you can get it. Jesus is speaking. It's written in red. The only place you're going to get white raiment is to come back to him. He's talking to the church today. That you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness do not appear. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you might see. Why? Because they were blind. As many as I love, I rebuke. And chasten. That's discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is the church he was on the outside of, the only one. But he was knocking. He said, if you'll, let, if you'll open the door, I will come in and sup with you and you with me. Still in James chapter 4. Verse 4 and 5. What was the problem at Laodicea? Rich. Increased of goods. And need of nothing. He said, you think, you thought, your thought is you're rich and increased of goods and in need of nothing. Now, why did I go there? Because y'all were looking at me like this. Because I said, judgment's not coming. Judgment's here. I need to really start keeping a list. But sometimes that's just discouraging. But ignorance isn't bliss. Ignorance will kill you. Paul said, umpteen times, Paul said, I would not have you be ignorant, my brethren. So ignorance is not a godly place to be. There's no, there's no, there's no glory in ignorance. We're under judgment. And you're going to see more. It's the beginning of it. 
Perilous times. Judgment. What's it look like? Uh, I intend to preach it sometime soon. Sometimes God, when he judges, he is actively involved in coming against things. Go through the word. Read it. When he, when he, when he sends stuff, he says, I will send. So sometimes God is actively involved in judgment. Sometimes judgment is nothing more than God going, stepping back. Sometimes, you know why? Because he, he is not the author of confusion. And it says that God does everything in decency and order. The first thing he done on the cell creation was step into chaos and call it into order. So if he stepped into chaos and called it into order, all he has to do is send it back to chaos and step out of it. Hello? Is your money worth as much as it was a year ago? No. Your money isn't worth as much today as it was yesterday. Right. Because I read today that the Fed upped the interest rates another right. 0.75. Third straight time. Huge increases. Mm -hmm. Some of you are not old enough to. Some of you are old enough to remember the '70s. Some of you are not. Uh, yeah. I remember when my mom and dad refinanced their house at 14 percent, and they were shouting. Yeah. Anybody else in here remember? Remember? And you thought you'd done great. I remember when my mom and dad built a house with, on an FHA loan, which was the best rate you could get at the time if you qualified for it, right. at almost 18%. Right. And they were doing a jig in the living room mm -hmm. when they got refinanced at right under 13. Right. And today, if, I, if, this church's, if, if this church's mortgage went to 13%, we would have to move under the tent. Right. Ain't kidding a bit. Most of us, if our, if, our, if our mortgages returned to that, we would lose our homes. Uh, I told you it was a can of worms I couldn't open in 15 minutes. That's just one thing. I asked the man of God this week so I'd make sure I went out left field myself. I said, what's going on? He said, America, the world's under judgment. Right. It started. Right. I said, it's coming. No. It's here. It's here. The food shortages are coming. Right. They're planned. They're on purpose. That's right. Evil men. Yes. How many of you know? Mm -hmm. I'll put it this way so you don't think I'm the nut. I'll let Ding be the nut. He said, I said, how serious are you? He said, serious enough to tell you that there's people that they don't know how to, how to feed their self are going to be in desperate situations. Exactly. He must have been real serious because the next day we were driving down 62 and he said, look at all them cattails. Now, y'all know he's a mountain man, right? I'm not talking about the real, like the real kind. He says, look at all them cattails. He, he said, you know those are edible. 
So down at the bottom, they got that white shoe. He said, now don't eat this stuff off the highway because they sprayed, they sprayed insecticides. So you need to get back a little bit. So if you cut it down just above, the, this is where it comes out of the ground. So then the, when you pull it, he said, there's going to be some sticky, nasty stuff in there. And he said, he said that stuff will do all right too. He said, and then, and then you get that little long white shoe out of there. He said, you can fry it, you can boil it, you can eat it raw, you can what? I don't want to eat cattails. What are we having tonight, Heather? Ah, oh, we had cattails last night. Is it going to get that bad? I don't know. But what I'm telling you, I, I have spent all this time just to get right here to tell you that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm talking to the church tonight. See, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to wake you up. I'm not trying to do any of that stuff. Really, I'm just preaching the Word of God. I take a little flack every once in a while. Say, I want you to encourage me. I, you will be encouraged whenever you, whenever you are living right for God and hell is going on around you and you still got peace. You will be encouraged whenever you've learned that you can't be friends with God and the world, that that's pride and he will resist me. I don't want God resisting me. I don't want God resisting you. I want to be in a place of humility where I know he's king of kings and I know he's lord of lords, where I know he's Jireh. Where I know he's Jireh. What's Jireh? It's, it's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. If I know he's Jireh, see, it says he, gives, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I know that the way that I'm going to make it in a bad time is to be humble before God. That's how I'm going to make it. That's how I'm going to not only make it, that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to thrive. It's to put myself in right relationship with the creator of the universe. Come on, somebody. We got a whole generation of smart aleck punk young people that they're going to get their eyes woke up. Now, I'm not trying, I know they're not all that way. Don't hear me wrong. But I'm telling you, we've got, we have got a stiff-necked, perverted generation, and that covers more than just under 20. The generation that is everybody that's alive on this earth right now, that's the generation, and it's a stiff-necked, hard-headed, perverted generation, and God is resisting it, and it's only the beginning. So I am going to put myself in alignment with his word. I am going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. God's going to move in this house in this place, in its people, in this, and it's going to be the light to this region. I say that all the time, and it's not because of me. For a long time, it was hard for me to even say that. But you know what? I came to the place where, where I have, you have to know who you are, know what you're called to do, and know what your purpose is, and know what you're here for. And I've came to the place that even though people, it's not, because I, I mean, we can, we, can, we can preach some shouting stuff every once in a while, and when it's, when it's the time to shout, we'll shout. But we're in the time, we're in the lead up, we're in the preparation. We'll shout later. We're going to be quiet while we're marching around Jericho. We'll shout later. 
we're going to know what's going on. See, we're going to preach truth. Because why? Because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And I'm going to remind you, the word says that we're not supposed to be, that if we're his and we're living for him and we're, and we're walking in humility according to the word of God, we are not, we're not even supposed to be uptight about it. Now I got to admit, there's some days that I get a little uptight about it. I start looking at what's going on and I thought, oh. Yeah, I, but see, I don't get my hope from the media so I don't get my discouragement from the media I just get some information from the media hello somebody I don't care who they elected in November we elected November I'm going to vote there's a big series that's going to come out with me and two other knuckleheads that's going to be released here soon a series of six that talks about all this stuff so I'm, I'm going to do what I can But if this place falls apart tomorrow, I know in whom I have believed. Hello, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm like Paul, I am persuaded that he is able. Able means he has the power. I, I, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he has the power to finish what he started, to keep what has been appointed against that day. That's why, that's why I'm, I preach just what's true. That's why I encourage you to listen. That's why I lay it out in a way we can understand it. You can laugh about it one minute. You can look at me like I'm retarded. I mean, like I'm not right in the head the next minute. I shouldn't say that word, even though it's a medical term. That's one of them things, that's one of them things that people's got all bent out of shape about, and it's actually a medical term. It's become a politically correct assault weapon when it's actually a medical term. Church has bought into a lot of junk too. Yes, we have. We've bought into a lot of junk too. I'm persuaded. But he's able keep that which he's appointed against that day. He says, if you're dragged before the councils and the judges, don't even can be concerned about what you will say because the Spirit will put words in your mouth. Right. Church, our time, we're wrapping up, we got to wrap up quick. Our time, we are in a, we, if God would have wanted you in the Victorian age, I mean, I can say that over here. Hey, hey, Peggy, if God would have wanted you in the... <laughs> when I said it, I just had to do it. If God would have wanted you in the Victorian age, he'd have put you there. But thankfully, he had people who, li who, li who loved it and preserved the antiquity, and now we get to enjoy it. I like some of that stuff, too. But if he'd have wanted you there, he'd have put you there. If he had wanted to put you with the cowboys and the Indians, I'm sorry, the Native Americans. I'm not sorry. He'd have put you there. Oh, if I could have just been there and walked where Jesus walked.
You'd have complained about it being hot. You would have. It's hot. You wouldn't have locked the shoes. You know what? Whitney should be a preacher. She knows how to bring stuff out. You know what she said? No deodorant. Yeah? He put you right where where you're at. He put you right where you're at. He put us right where we're at. And he put us here for the same reason that the church has been in place. He put you here to be salt. And light. I was talking to a friend the other day, and I said, "I'm a little. I am a little salty sometimes. I understand that." And I was. That's what I said. So I said, "Sometimes I ought to be." I said, "I'm a little salty sometimes." I said, "I probably not to not be so salty." And then when I, as soon as I said that, you know what I thought to myself? When as soon as I said that, he says, "The salt that lost its flavor is good for nothing. That to be trampled underfoot." I don't want to be walked on. Not going to be walked on, so I'm not going to quit being salty. I think that's in context. Preach is good anyway. Y'all? It's an honor to be alive. And man, I think some days I think, whew, whew. Pastoring's a joy by faith. Sometimes it's hard. Being where we're at sometimes is hard. And you really do need to buckle your seatbelt. And the reason I'm telling you all this, and I really got, it's, it's, we got to quit because they're going to be done upstairs. The reason I, I mean, Wednesday night we're just teaching, where we start, you know what we do on Wednesday night. We just start a book and we teach where it's at however it goes but I've discovered over and over and over every time we start teaching through a book how timely the verses are that we end up in that week it's amazing you are equipped to be where you're at and there can be nothing more important than a church full of people that know what's true and live what's true And I'm going to tell you my own thing this week. And I'll use the right word. I am convicted within myself that I've got too much of this world still in me. I do. I I think y'all know. Have I ever told you what movie to watch? I don't think I've ever told you what movie to watch. There's some of them that ought to be a parent. I I don't think I've ever told you what to listen to. I I don't think I've ever done that. I mean, it could come to a point, I guess you might have to, but I I just really think the Word ought to speak for itself, and you ought to to have a witness in you. And so when I say the next few things, I say, you know, Heather and I watch almost no television. Almost none. It's not that I think it's... 
I just don't have time for it. And it stole things from me. I don't even know that it was a conscious decision. There's just things I don't do. But, and, and I'm in the office today and yesterday, last night. I'm reading and I'm studying and I'm praying. And I keep realizing that there continually is a pull in my heart. And it's not a legalistic pull. It's not a legalistic pull at all. It's a holy pull. See, I, I, if I kept reading in James what I thought we were going to get close to, it says, it says, submit yourself to God. This will be next week. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. See, everybody likes to resist the devil part, but the more important thing, the first thing talk about, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. He says, Listen, this is what, draw nigh unto me. Close, draw close. And I will draw close to you. And I've got to notice something. See, it isn't God bringing me into submission. Everybody thinks God's doing everything. And God's done all he's going to do. Do we know God's done all he's going to do? God sent his son. He's paid the price. He's made the way. He's, sent the, he's, he's, he's ascended. He's sent his spirit back. The teacher, the empowerer. He's done all that. Now my thing is to submit to God. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. And he's paid the price. And now he says, submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. You draw nigh to God. And he'll draw nigh to you. See, it's not that God's going to draw nigh to you and then you'll draw nigh to him. No, you draw nigh unto God. He'll draw nigh unto you. And that's where I'm at. I had to tell all that stuff that's a little bit... <clears throat> to tell you that you, that you put yourself in, an, in a situation where God's your enemy. Where he's against you. But you can humble yourself and he'll be for you. Amen. And so for you that he gives you all the grace that you can handle. He says, more grace. More grace. Well, that's more grace than save me, Matt. That's more grace than got me to 51 years old. If he's given me more grace, Scott, that's more grace than, I, than when I didn't have the car wreck. That's more grace when I didn't die. That's more grace when I, when I didn't go hungry. That's more grace than I've had in 51 years and however many months. He says, if I'll do this, I'll give you more grace. Amen. More grace. More grace. More grace. That's why we have to do all that. That's why James had to lay it out the way it is. And that's why you have to teach it the way it is. So I get to the point of understanding that it's not a mixture. That's not legalism. That it's grace. If I said, if I'd ask you at the beginning of the service, how many of you want to be closer to God? Everybody in this room would have went, me. And I'd have spent 45 minutes telling you, according to the scripture, how to do it. I'll save the rest for later. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word.
for your spirit that eliminates your word. Lord, thank you for a church that loves you, that's hungry, that is growing numerically, yes, but spiritually, that's searching for the deeper things. Lord, make us salty and make us a light that shines in the darkness. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.